Oh, let's get it. Monday, February 22nd, 2021. Born the Battle, brought to you by the Department of Veterans Affairs, the podcast that focuses on inspiring veteran stories and puts a highlight on important resources, offices, and benefits for our veterans. I'm your host, Marine Corps veteran Tanner Iskra. Hope you had a great week outside of podcast land. Hope it was a better weekend than mine. Personally, I've spent the past two weekends doing taxes, visiting in-laws. Honestly, though, not a big deal visiting the in-laws. They're great. My father-in-law is a veteran as well, and we get along great. My mother-in-law is also amazing and is an amazing cook, and they're listeners of the show, so if I know what's good for me. Hi, Ma. Love you. It's just the taxes. I just need to get them off my plate. I digress. A couple of ratings last week. One new review on Apple Podcasts. This one is from Lego Gallego. Five stars. New to the podcast. I started listening to Born the Battle last year, but due to COVID, I spent the majority of my year working from home and didn't find myself listening to podcasts. He probably listens during his commute. Now that I'm back to commuting, there you go. Now that I'm back to commuting, I look forward to new episodes each week. I was active duty for five years in the Marines, spent some time using my GI Bill, had six years in the Air Force Reserve, and now I'm commissioned in the active Air Force. I enjoy the diversity of these podcasts and have already started sharing stories with my coworkers. Hopefully I can get some of them to listen and enjoy Boyne the Battle as well. Keep it up, Tanner Iskra. Good stuff. That is Lego Gallego, who I can I can recognize that gamer tag anywhere. Who he was at one point a young PFC slash Lance Corporal Gallego and was a combat photographer back in Quantico's combat camera shop. Now I didn't ask him to write anything, but I can spot that Xbox gamer tag anywhere. Good to see that you're still listening, brother, and know that everyone from our shop that knows what you're doing now and the way that you got there, we're all extremely proud of your transition from Marine enlisted to Air Force officer. It proves that us Marines are not all crayon eaters and that anybody can do it. Even you <laughs> as always appreciate the feedback every week. And if you're so inclined, please feel free to leave a rating and or a review on Apple podcasts. It's a good way to communicate directly with our podcast here and it helps get the podcast recognized by more veterans at the same time. News releases. We got four main ones this week. There is one that did post about Forbes listing the department as one of America's best large employers of 2021, not just for the government, but for overall. Uh, And yeah, it's a little bit of a pat on the back and I'm not going to go too deep into it, but I wanted to let you know that because, well, you know, frankly, I've enjoyed my career here so far. And if you're a veteran and if you want to give back and frankly, if you want to make a difference here in the department, by applying your skills, it's a good option and it's a good place to apply to. There are openings on usajobs.gov, but again, if you're a veteran, va4vets.va.gov is your own personal portal to VA careers. That's vets.va.gov. And it's a great place to start uh, focused and track jobs here within the VA. There are also additional resources on there like VA's Veteran Employment Services Office. Uh, So if you get a chance, check it out. All right, first one says, for immediate release, the Department of Veterans Affairs healthcare facilities are receiving a one-time supplemental allocation of 200,000 Moderna COVID-19 vaccine doses this week from the Department of Health and Human Services. Uh, That is in addition to their normal weekly allocation of 125,000 doses. Uh, That news release was on the 11th. So it's probably already gone. Point being, if you're enrolled in VA healthcare and you're looking for and you're still looking for a COVID-19 shot, a COVID-19 vaccine shot, know that the VA is an option for you. To learn more about VA COVID-19 vaccines, go to va.gov forward slash health hyphen care forward slash COVID hyphen 19 hyphen vaccine or contact your local VA care team. All right, next one is a big one. It says, for immediate release, the Department of Veterans Affairs will extend the existing moratorium on evictions and foreclosures 
as well as extend VA loan forbearance requests to June 30th because of COVID-19. The current moratorium extensions for evictions and foreclosures were set to end on March 31st, so they've extended it to June 30th. VA borrowers experiencing financial hardship due to COVID-19 can review VA guidance for borrowers at benefits.va.gov forward slash home loans forward slash cares hyphen act hyphen frequently hyphen asked hyphen questions dot ASP or call 1-877-827-3702 or look at our most recent bonus episode with the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Uh, they took a deep dive into what a forbearance is, dispelled uh, a lot of myths around it, really good resource as well. So if you get a chance, check out that episode. Okay, third one says for immediate release, the Department of Veterans Affairs opened a new Atlas site this week at the Veterans of Foreign Wars Post 7842 in Lyonsville, Pennsylvania. This Atlas site gives Veterans Association, and of course that's an acronym for Accessing Telehealth Through Local Area Station. We always got to have acronyms, right? This Atlas site gives veterans associated with the Erie VA Medical Center the option to receive VA care closer to home in a setting that feels like a doctor's office, offering both the technology and privacy for veterans to connect with their VA care team through a video visit. The sites allow VA to provide services that do not require hands-on exams, such as counseling for mental health, nutrition, and selected primary care and social work visits. Establishing these points of care closer to veterans' homes allows for reducing obstacles and increasing attainability to care. Atlas is part of VA's Anywhere to Anywhere initiative, which works to better serve the almost 9 million veterans who receive care through VA, no matter where they choose to live. VA plans to expand the Atlas initiative to more sites nationwide by 2023. To learn more about Atlas, go to connectedcare.va.gov forward slash partners forward slash Atlas. They're working with the VFW, Walmart, a couple other places. Go check it out. Okay, and the last one says, last Wednesday, it was announced that the Department of Veterans Affairs vaccinated its one millionth veteran with their first dose of the COVID-19 vaccine. In addition to date, VA has vaccinated almost 230,000 veterans with a second dose. Uh, I did a Google search and it didn't tell me where the millionth was administered at, but according to Military Times, the top 10 VA medical sites in total doses administered, five of them are in Florida. Orlando, Tampa, Gainesville, Bay Pines, and West Palm Beach. That makes sense, right? Uh, A lot of elderly veterans live in Florida, right? So makes sense. And Military Times didn't provide a source, so I couldn't see the full list. But again, for more information on VA's COVID-19 vaccinations, visit your local facilities website on va.gov or contact their local care team. All right, so we did a benefits breakdown this week. Uh... It's a popular one, as in many veterans have heard of it. However, not as many veterans have actually used this benefit. I'm talking about Chapter 31 of your benefits, the Veterans Readiness and Employment Program, uh, formerly known as Voc Rehab. We have on this week Navy veteran William Streitberger, who is the director of the program and is also a former participant of the program. And he's going to break it all down, what the benefit is, and why you actually shouldn't wait to use it. Like maybe you've been told to. I know I was at one point. So here it is, Navy veteran William Streitberger, the director of the VR&E program. Enjoy. You know, I'm so glad we finally got a chance to speak uh, and thank you for taking the time to talk with us about, um, you know, I wanna say Voc Rehab, but it's VR and E, VR and E now, isn't it? Veteran readiness and employment. That's correct. And thank you so much for having me on today. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk more about our program. Absolutely. Uh, why, real quick, why the why the change in the name? So that's an interesting story. When I took this position back in June of 2018, I went across the country from sea to shining sea, as I like to say 
conducting a listening tour with our employees, with our veterans, and with our stakeholders. And in talking to these great American individuals, I began to learn that many of them either came late to our program because of a misconception about what the program was about, Uh or they would not participate in the program because of the name vocational rehabilitation and employment. And that word rehabilitation carried quite a stigma with it. And it's often referred to in modern time definition as rehabilitation out of drug and alcohol abuse, rehabilitation out of criminal activity, or restoring one's to a whole person. So veterans would tell us, I didn't consider myself to be that broken, or those terms did not resonate with me. So they were not accessing the benefit because of those reasons. And we also had employers who were very concerned over potentially the type of employees they would be getting from our program for the very same reason. Interesting. So employers were were seeing the word rehab, and there. I don't really know how how this how the whole program really works. So I, th- I thought it was kind of like a just a like an addition to the GI Bill. That's that's what has kind of been taught to me from from veteran to veteran. Is that not what it is? So let me so let me explain what the program is yeah. for your benefit and the benefit of your listeners. So we are separate and apart from the GI Bill. We are. Veteran Readiness and Employment Service, we administer Title 38, Chapter 31 benefits to service members, veterans, and certain family members where we assist them. They must be a veteran with at least a 10% disability, and we assist them in preparing for finding and maintaining employment. Very good. And education. Education can be a very big part of that as we prepare them for reimagining their careers after a disability in service. Uh, now, you're the executive director of this program of Veterans Readiness and Employment. Yes. Uh, you know, the, the name of the role is a lot easier, you know, director of Veterans Readiness and Employment. It's a lot easier on the tongue when compared to other roles in government and other roles in, in, in the Beltway here in D.C. Uh, can you quickly give me a, an explanation of your role? So my role is to administer this program from a programmatic standpoint, policies and procedures, but also manage our field operations. We have over 350 locations throughout the country and overseas. And so working with those stations from a field operations perspective to ensure that they are getting everything that they need to be successful in administering their program in their location and making sure that we're held accountable to the taxpayers for the investment that they've made and returning veterans back into the workforce. Very good. Very good. Uh, William, you've had a long history with, with the veteran benefits side of VA. Uh, you start out as an employment coordinator in Chicago, um, kind of, you know, looking at your resume, kind of moved all over the country, depending on the role. Um, and not even in the lower 48, you, you, you know, you were based out of Portland, but you, you served an office that or you were in an office that served, uh, Alaska. And I'm sure you've probably spent some time up there. Um, I sure did. Yeah. I, I say that because I'm a child myself of the Pacific Northwest. You know, I miss salmon, razor clams, Dungeness crab, prawns, not <laughs> shrimp, prawns, um, all, all the good Pacific Northwest seafood. Um, real, real quick, before we really get into VR and E, um, you know, what's one, one role that you've had uh, or one area of responsibility that many veterans don't consider, but is important. It could be a role that, or benefit that you've helped deliver uh, that you've seen during your time. So I would actually have to say the position that I'm in now. And I say that to you, Tanner, because I couldn't be more passionate about this program because of my history and having been in the program myself. Be it, being in VRE when it was yes, gotcha. Okay, that's outstanding. Yeah. So when I entered the program in 2002, I had lost my job after the horrible effects of 9/11. That industry that I was in and executive recruiting dried up. I found myself a single dad with three kids, unemployed for the first time in my entire professional life, 
and I needed a place to turn and veteran readiness and employment was that place. So then I started to work for the VA and I've worked for the VA in veteran readiness and employment from a frontline employee to a director in the field and now leading that program. So I approach my engagement with our participants in a way that I think nobody else can. So when they're talking to me about their fears or their concerns or what they're trying to achieve, I've been there. I know what it's like from every perspective in this program. So it's just a wonderful opportunity and it brings a lot of credibility to bear when I am engaging with our stakeholders and other partners because of where I've come from to achieve this level in the organization. Yeah. Well, like you said, you're, you, you're, I didn't know you were partook in the veteran, uh, in the program yourself. Um, but you are a veteran nine years enlisted in the Navy. Um, real quick, where, where'd you serve? So I, my first tour of duty after our boot camp, which was in Orlando and a school, which was in Pensacola, Florida, I went overseas to Italy for three years. And then I became a Navy recruiter back to my hometown in Chicago, recruiting out of my own high school and others around that area. And then my last tour of duty was in San Diego. That's outstanding. Naval Air Station, North Island. Yep. That's outstanding. Where we're in Italy. Was it Naples or Signella? San Vito, Italy. I've, I don't know where that is at all. I, I only reason I asked, I, as I spent time in Signella, that's, that's, that's the only reason. Yeah, it's in the boot and it is a small communications base on the Adriatic Sea near the port of Brindisi. I'm sure you had fun there. Wine's good out there. Oh, it is really <laughs> great. I miss it. Um, as a veteran, what does it mean for you to work in the roles that you've worked in here at VA um, and, and in VR? And you, what, you kind of alluded to it, but uh, what does it mean for you to work in the role that you work in? So I always say that there is no more noble mission in the federal government than working for the Department of Veterans Affairs. And I'm proud and honored to be to continue in my service to my country and my fellow countrymen and women to ensure that the benefits that they've earned are given to them in a manner that honors their service. And each and every day and in every role that I've ever had, where I see lives changed for the better and veterans are able to lift their head up high and to be proud of the work that they're doing because of the programs that they've benefited from the VA. Overwhelmingly heartwarming and I well up with pride over the thought of the millions of veterans that we serve each and every day from their health care to their benefits until their final resting place with our memorial affairs. I am so proud to be in this role and I could never fathom leaving the VA because of the terrific mission that we have been blessed to oversee and administer to our veterans. Yeah, I think, you know, one thing that I, I missed when I left the military was the was the way to give back, the feeling of giving back. And I, I feel like personally I found it here at VA myself. Um absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Back on track with VR and E. I've never used VR and E, uh, like I said, but I've heard that the feedback I've gotten from other veterans that that they love the idea, but sometimes they find it difficult in its implementation. Um now, I, I've heard that you guys have been hiring a lot of counselors to address that. Yes. So when I took over this role, we had counselors with caseloads up to 480 to one counselor, which is an untenable situation to be in yeah. and try to manage month in and month out. Well, there's a public law that was enacted in 2017 that required the secretary to maintain a one counselor to every 125 veterans. So in 2019, FY 2019, we deployed an additional 169 counselors across the nation to bring those caseloads down to a manageable level 
so that counselors have enough time to spend with veterans in assisting them in their direct-facing veteran needs and requirements. So that was a really good news story. We maintained the 1 to 125 throughout 20, and we're actually getting an additional 132 new counselors in 21 to continue because our program is growing. So obviously, we need to continue to provide more resources so veterans are not impacted by high case loads. Yeah. Yeah. High, high case loads equal longer wait times. And, and, and absolutely, that's outstanding to hear. Real quick, who, who is eligible for this program for, for VRNE? To be eligible for the program, and there's two distinctions here, and oftentimes veterans get confused by it, and I can understand why, so I'll try to explain it okay. as clearly as possible. Yeah. So first, first of all, there's eligibility. So to be eligible for the program, first you must be a veteran with a service-connected disability of 10% or greater. Okay. You must not have surpassed the eligibility delimination point of 12 years. So it's either 12 years from being discharged from service. If you recall in the old Montgomery GI Bill, you had to use it within 10 years of discharge. This is 12 years uh, from the date of discharge or the first notification of a VA rated disability that the clock could start there, even if it's 15 years after you have discharged from the service. Okay. So that is eligibility, and you have to apply too, of course. And entitlement is a little bit different. So after you're found eligible for the program, a counselor will make an appointment with the veteran, invite them into the office, and determine whether or not the veteran is entitled. And so for a veteran to be entitled for to the program, their disability must be directly causing a barrier to employment. So let's say they are a heavy equipment operator in the military and they have all of these orthopedic issues as a result of an accident or long-term service over a period of 20 or 30 years, and they're no longer to do that physical type of labor. That would be a barrier to employment, Tanner. And then we would conduct a comprehensive evaluation of their interests, aptitudes, and abilities to determine how they can reimagine their new career and their career goals in the future so that they do not impact and continue to worsen their disabilities. And I think that's the key here with our program in terms of our great vocational rehabilitation counselors serving veterans in a way that protects them and keeps them safe, all the while addressing their career goals and needs through our comprehensive evaluation process. Got you. What is that? What does some of that uh, evaluation process look like? What is is it like they is it something where you sit down and decide and figure out like the four lenses, what you're good at, what you're what you're what you lean towards and and, and figure out a way to reimagine that that skill set into a, a different career path? Like, absolutely. It- you're you're speaking to the essence of what it is that we exactly do. So okay. we provide them with a program orientation and let them know all the different features of the program. And then we conduct a vocational educational assessment and a career interest scope. And then we conduct a personal interview. Yeah. We review the veterans' medical records and their disability ratings so that we have all the information we need to provide the best guidance that we can to the veteran. And then they they conduct an interview with the veteran to come up with a plan of service that is one that the veteran is excited about and wants to participate in and has a high interest in and also the aptitude to be successful in that program. Gotcha. Gotcha. That makes, that makes, that makes a lot clearer sense than what I've been told before. I appreciate that. Um, sure. Many, uh, another thing I've been told is uh, many veterans I've talked to uh, think that this is something that you use after exhausting the GI bill. Is that true? Uh, personally, I, it's, that's all I've ever heard. Is this something? Well, that, go ahead. So, I would recommend the opposite. 
quite frankly, if you're a veteran with a disability, because of the comprehensive wraparound services that I just mentioned to you, in addition to tuition and the housing allowance and all of that, we, we also pay for all of the necessary tools and equipment that may be required in a specific program of service. But I like to use the analogy of if you had come into a windfall of cash through some inheritance and you wanted that investment to grow so that at some point, maybe it's not enough to retire today, Tanner, but if you play it smart and you get good guidance and then perhaps in five years, you could retire off of your investments and live out your life with financial security. So I asked veterans, would you take on that investment strategy on your own? And they always say, oh, no, 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 no. I would hire a financial planner so that they could guide yeah. me so that this money would be protected and it would grow. And I said, it's a similar situation in, vocation, in veteran readiness and employment where you have a trained professional certified counselor who can provide that same level of guidance. So your investment of your benefits is going to result in a successful outcome. And that's the goal. Too often, and this is what really troubles me when I think about veterans out there who are not getting the guidance that they need, is that they will come to us after having used a lot of their Chapter 33 entitlement, which is the GI Bill. Yeah. And and they don't have a degree to show for it, or they kind of bounced around and changed majors. And then they come to us and it's three years into using a benefit, which is fine. But had they come to us up front, we could have provided those wraparound services and guidance to get them on the path and keep them on the path until they graduate from a institution of higher learning or some other training program or an apprenticeship program or something like that. So VRNE can help with guiding like your, your future education in the form of your GI Bill? Make it more efficient. Yes. <clears throat> yes. And we also have the Chapter 36 program. It's an educational vocational assistance that veterans who are within a year of discharge or within six months of discharge, rather, and a year after being discharged can get that guidance for their Chapter 33 benefits. So they can request that guidance from from the Department of Veterans Affairs, from Veteran Readiness Employment, and our Office of Transition and Economic Development. So that is a benefit that's available to them if they meet that criteria. Uh, So if they're eligible for an education benefit within VBA, they are also eligible for that personal growth and career planning guidance. Tracking. Got you. Now, now, if someone does exhaust their GI Bill, they can still come to you guys if there still needs to be a career change, correct? Yes. So the okay. GI Bill has 36 months of entitlement, maximum entitlement. Yeah. Our program has 48 months of entitlement. So they would still have, have a year of entitlement. One note to your listeners, yeah. you have to have at least one day of Chapter 33 entitlement or the forever GI Bill to get the Chapter 33 BAH rate in veteran readiness and employment. So uh, save a month of your entitlement just to be safe if you're coming to VRNE so that when you do get into VRNE, you're able to participate at that higher rate of subsistence. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, Say I'm a veteran. I'm going to throw a scenario at you real quick. I'm a veteran. I'm looking at a school or a trade school in the fall. Um, I'm out of GI Bill money or or I'm thinking about using VR and E before the school starts so I can get make sure I'm, I'm make sure it's the right school, make sure I'm set up properly. When should I be starting the process of pl- applying for VR and E? So as early as you possibly can, because there are steps in our program to get you to that point of having your plan of services approved. And that's ensuring that you're eligible, finding out that entitlement piece, and then the actual evaluation and planning stage, which can 
take a little bit of time based on what the veteran is trying to achieve. So I would recommend at the very earliest that you can start engaging with us that you do, because there's a lot of other things that you can benefit from in the program, and we want you to be set up for success and not cutting it close or missing the term. Makes sense. Makes sense. So if I'm if I'm looking at a fall school, I should be looking at almost, I mean, a year out or or like the winter or the spring or something like that. I'm saying, hey, I better I better get with the VRNE now just to make sure I got all my yes, ducks in a row. Very Absolutely. Good. Very good. Uh, can someone reach out to you if uh, if they're getting out um, of service, if they're active duty, and say they're looking at something in the fall and it's springtime, they have maybe a, a they're in their they're in their terminal leave. Yes. So if they're within six months of their date of just discharge and they have have applied for a memorandum rating. We can't give them a rating until they're actually discharged. Uh-huh. But we can bring them into a, we can bring them into our program if they have a memorandum rating of twenty percent service connected disability or greater. And we also for our veterans with disabilities who are in medical transition units around the country on seventy mili- military installations, we operate the IDES program, which you may have heard about, the Integrated Disability Evaluation System. And that's for veterans who are being medically separated from the military. They will be referred to a vocational rehabilitation counselor for automatic entitlement into our program. So that's very important for them to understand because before they're discharged, if they're going through the med board process, they are by public law automatically entitled there's no no question of entitlement wow. before they're discharged. But on the day they're discharged, if they haven't established that automatic entitlement, then they would have to, and it's not no longer automatic. Okay. Okay. Man, I'm I'm thinking I'm trying to think about ways to tell the veteran the the, the military community that you know the active duty like if there's a better way to tell them. Hopefully they they listen to this episode. That is that. Well, that is one thing. One thing. One thing I would tell you, Tanner, is that we have really enhanced our transition assistance programs at all of our military installations. Last fiscal year, we revamped the training materials to include all of this information, so that veterans, uh, ser- transitioning service members, are able to learn about what I just spoke about yeah. and. They have they have one thing that I thought was really, really cool in the redevelopment of the training materials is that there's now a it's not a test, but it's a, a, a opportunity after each training sh- session to kind of apply your knowledge in some scenarios so that you have a clear understanding of if it applies to you or not. That's great. Uh, you know, but who, you know, who else I think should know are the, the staff and COs, the COs, the first sergeants, those that, those that, cause you know, uh, sometimes the, the, you don't know until they go to taps a week before they get out, you know? Um, right. Yes. I, I would love to help, help figure out a way to tell the, to tell the first sergeants really, you know, uh, they're the ones that should, you know, the COs, the XOs, the, the your, your gunny, you know, um, man, if, if they were prepped with that knowledge, they'd be able to help so many more transitioning service members in that in an earlier stage than what we can get them at the TAPS class. Well, interestingly, Tanner, this year, since we've completed our renaming and rebranding, yeah. we are going to expand our outreach and education of our programs to include military installations and the IDES process alongside veteran readiness and employment. So it is our plan this year to do a lot of webinars, a lot of personal presentations over Zoom or Teams, and to reach out to those communities to make sure they're aware of these benefits because they're quite crucial in respect to the IDES automatic entitlement to the program is vital for those service members to be aware of. Absolutely. And and please feel free, sir, to um to use this podcast and this blog when we're done with it as a resource for that. Absolutely. please. Absolutely. Please. Thank you. Absolutely. And, and and if you got any links you want me to add into the blog, you know, for any reader that might, you know, hey, click here to go to to to, to learn more about IDIS or something like that, I'll put that in there. That's not a problem. 
So that okay, way, you, that way you can use that, that blog as a tool for when you'd start doing that outreach, uh, be more than happy to do that. Sounds great. Um, thank you so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is there any, is there any limiting factors on how this program can be used? Uh, basically, you know, I've heard back, I heard back in the day, Hey, use the GI bill for your bachelor's and master's. Um, but then you use voc rehab. It used to be called voc rehab now VRE for your doctorate or your law degree. Um, maybe this is a good myth busters part of the podcast. Is is that um, is there is there any limiting factors? Is that true? Uh, what are some other maybe common misconceptions when it comes to VRNE? So that's a great question, and we do get folks who come to us for those specific reasons. Now, what I would point out to you in reflecting back on our entitlement discussion is. Is there still a, a barrier to employment? So if this veteran has pre- prepared themselves for entry into a career in the legal field, a lawyer or whatnot, has he or she achieved all that is required to enter into that career goal? So if they have not, then there's a likelihood that they would be approved for something like that. If they have, then they would be considered suitable and job ready. And we could, we could provide them with employment services to help them search for, prepare for interviews, develop their resume, dress for success, and all of those wraparound services we provide after their training is complete and then help them find a position in their career field out in the private sector or within government. So that all would be, yes, that would all be determined by their meeting with the vocational rehabilitation council. But what I'd like to tell your listeners is please apply and have that conversation because oftentimes we hear that veterans are like, Oh, this seems complicated. I don't think I'll ever get into this program. So I'm just going to forget about it. Please, please, please do never do that. Always come and get the right guidance and advice from the professionals and the experts to ensure that you're not missing out on this benefit. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that's a, that's an interesting conversation that you can have. I, yeah. So, so it's, you know, so a conversation could go, Hey, I've exhausted all my GI bill money. I've, except for the one day that I have left or one month that I have left. Um, you know, I, I've gotten as close as I can to a, a, a law degree or to the, I just need to get, I just need to pass the bar and, and get some clothes. That's a conversation that you can have with that counselor, right? Yes. Absolutely. Wow. Okay. Very good. Yeah. Very. And the one other thing that prevents uh, in certain circumstances, veterans for from pursuing in our program is that they will come to us steadfastly seeking a career up career path that is detrimental to their health, and we cannot support those. So oftentimes they'll say, "Well, I'm going to go and I'm going to do that," and they do so, and then they'll come back after a while when the guidance they receive comes to bear where their disabilities are worsening because they're still in a very heavily physical type of career. And typically these disabilities don't get better with age. Yeah. (laughs) Gotcha. Gotcha. Very good. Very good. Um, Well, William, I think in a, in a very short period of time, we've covered a lot of ground. Um, Is there anything that I've missed or haven't asked that you think it's important to share? Sure. So I want to just touch on just kind of the process for coming into the program and then the five tracks to employment. Absolutely. And I don't know if you, I don't know if you've heard about them, but I'd like to share them with your listeners because I think it's very important. So the first step is to apply. So we want you to apply. You can apply, as I mentioned, within six months of discharge with the memorandum rating or if you are a service, you're, you're going to be discharged for medical under the IDES program, you will apply 
We will determine your eligibility, and then we will invite you for an orientation session. And then when you come in and you're oriented to the program, you will then be greeted by a vocational rehabilitation counselor. That counselor will sit down with you and make a determination of entitlement, as we mentioned, and start the evaluation and planning process. After the evaluation and planning process is finished, you will have agreed upon your your program plan and will begin the execution of that program plan. It could be uh, an associate's degree, bachelor's, master's, whatever is decided and agreed upon by you and your counselor. And then you'll have of these options will be the following. Reemployment with the previous employer. So that's the first track. So perhaps you went on a tour of active duty or you're in the reserves and you came back with some injury, but you want to go back to work with your previous employer. We can conduct an assessment, provide any additional training you might be, need to bring your skill set up to speed. And we can provide workplace adjustments or reasonable accommodations based on any changes that you've had physically. Sure. Then we have rapid access to employment, which I kind of alluded to just a moment ago, and that's where maybe you have all the education and training that you need, but you also need some assistance in the employment search and the preparation for that. So we can provide nominal okay. training for some things and then and then get you on your way with your resume, dress for success, and so forth. That's a skill in of, of itself, the job search. Yes. It truly, truly is. And then, you know, taking your combat boots off your resume, as we call it, and all of that. Yeah. To So you can be relatable to private sector employers who may not have a military background. The next one, number three, is self-employment. So those veterans who are entrepreneurial in nature and have a idea of their own business that they would like to start, we can work with them on that as well. Oh, wow. And then, and then the majority of our program participants, and that's why people get, this is why people get confused with your statement of, is it, is it a combination of the GI Bill and vocation and veteran readiness and employment? And that's employment through long-term services where veterans are going to institutions of higher learning and obtaining degrees to pursue careers in their chosen field. Mm. And that's the majority of our participants are in that employment through long-term services track. And the last one, which is very important to mention, Tanner, on this podcast is independent living. For those veterans whose disabilities are so serious or they are currently not able to go to work, we can conduct a comprehensive independent living assessment to ensure that you have mobility in your home, that your activities of daily living are met based on your disabilities, and that your relationships and engagement with your family and the community are upheld by some avocational interests as well. So we do home modifications for veterans. We provide assistive devices. We provide computers and all of that so we can train them, get them on the internet so they can use all the latest and greatest technology to remain connected in in the community. And the last thing that I w would like to say is during the COVID pandemic, we were able to make a very quick pivot to an all virtual environment to maintain the health, safety, and welfare of our employees and our participants. So we use VHA's video platform called VA Video Connect yeah. to conduct face-to-face, technology-driven interviews. We never missed a beat. We have all the technology so that we can continue to provide veterans services in the program uninterrupted, and we're really proud of the work that we've done in that space. So if the regional office is not open for business physically brick and mortar, rest assured we are all working, every regional office staff is working to continue to support veterans that are in the program and to onboard veterans into the program who are applying today. Very good. Very, now, as COVID evolves, um, and, and someday we're, hopefully we'll, we'll come out of this, um, is that something that you're looking at, a capability that you're looking at keeping in your program? 
Yes, in fact, I'm leading a project in VBA now to make recommendations based on lessons learned and best practices to provide veterans with more options and better access. So combining and mixing these platforms for customer service delivery still within our brick and mortar regional office facilities, online self-service, and a whole host of other ways to really provide services in a way that our veterans want them and they experience in their own personal lives. Yeah. Rural rural veterans probably appreciate will probably keep appreciating the 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 tele the tele VA Connect um, app to do yes. it virtually. That's outstanding. Um, We've done over a hundred thousand appointments using VA Video Connect since March first. Wow. That's outstanding. That is outstanding. Um Okay, William, where can people find the services? That's that's probably the, 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 the last but most important question for anybody that's listening to this. Yes, if your listeners want assistance with connecting with a vocational rehabilitation counselor or applying for our programs, there's two main ways that they can do that. They can call our amazing call agents at 1-800-827-1000, or they can find us online at benefits.va. If they need a home, they can get a home loan. If they need education, they can get education. If they were hurt in service, we pay compensation. If you weren't hurt in service, but you fell on hard times, we give you pension. There's just an array of benefits out there for veterans. And we really want to just make sure that all the veterans know what's out there. Choose VA today. For more information, visit va.gov or call 1-855-948-2311. I want to thank Mr. Streitberger for coming on Born the Battle. To learn more about VRE, go to va.gov forward slash careers hyphen employment forward slash vocational hyphen rehabilitation. The new name is fresh. Still got the old name in the URL. I'm sure if you go to va.gov and just type in veterans readiness and employment, you'll find it just as quick. I found this week's born the battle of veteran of the week on an Instagram post. And I'll be reading an excerpt at a Denver's CBS affiliates website. Sergeant first class, Matt Nyman was a member of the U.S. Army's elite Delta Force. He was deployed to Afghanistan in 2002 and Iraq in 2005. During that latter tour, debris flew into the rotors of his aircraft and it went down while attempting to land on the roof of a building. As a result, Nyman's lower right leg was amputated and his left foot crushed. He also suffered injuries to his back and lungs and a severe head injury. And that's when he began his climbing career, as an extension of his rehab. To say he recovered physically and professionally is an understatement. Nyman joined a group of other wounded warriors in Golden, Colorado in 2010. They all had wounds, some visibly evident, some unseen. One former soldier was blind. They got their climbing feet wet, figuratively speaking, at St. Mary's Glacier in Colorado's Rocky Mountains. Months later, the group's training culminated in a summiting of the 20,000-foot Labouche. I'm guessing that's Labouche, L-O-B-U-C-H-E, in Mount Everest's shadow. Their journey was featured in a 2012 documentary, High Ground. From there, the seed was planted, and Nyman developed into an accomplished mountaineer. He added Denali, Elbrus, Kilimanjaro, uh, a really tall one in Argentina that I can't really pronounce, Aconcagua, Aconcagua, and Gran Paradisio to his tally. He was in fact on track to climb the tallest peak on each continent. I would have never known the depths of Matt's strength, determination, mental toughness, and willingness to never give up had I not had the pleasure of, have I not had the pleasure of climbing with him in Colorado and Nepal. Colorado resident and high ground co-producer Matt Murray told CBS four. He was probably the toughest person I've ever met. And I'm grateful for being able to spend the time with him that I did. 
In addition to climbing, Nyman continued special operations and intelligence work with the military immediately after his injury. But those skills morphed into commercial success. Nyman eventually oversaw the cybersecurity center for MasterCard, as mentioned in the as mentioned in a 2018 New York Times article. In terms of philanthropy, Nyman was a board member of the Endangered Species Protection Agency, which helped reduce poaching of critically endangered animals across Africa. He also continued to support the outdoor-oriented recovery of other injured veterans through the adaptive Graham Slam. Recently, Nyman was climbing a chute on the difficult north face of Bear Mountain, located 10 miles north of Anchorage, Alaska when a snowslide hit. A local man, 54-year-old Thomas Devine, was leading Nyman and 50-year-old Edward Watson of Miami to the top. None were wearing avalanche beacons or personal locator beacons, and unfortunately, rescuers found all three were deceased the next morning. After a hard life of hard work and determination, friends and family planned to provide Nyman his final resting place at Arlington National Cemetery here in Washington, D.C. Army veteran Matt Nyman. We honor his service. Ready. Aim. Fire. Ready. Aim. Fire. Ready. Aim. Fire. That's it for this week's episode. If you yourself would like to nominate a Born the Battle Veteran of the Week, you can. Just send an email to podcast at va.gov, include a short write-up, and let us know why you'd like to see him or her as the Born the Battle Veteran of the Week. And if you like this podcast episode, hit the subscribe button. We're on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. The interviews are on YouTube now. Pretty much any podcasting app, not a phone, computer, tablet, or man. For more stories on veterans and veteran benefits, check out our website, blogs.va.gov. And follow the VA on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, RallyPoint, LinkedIn, Pinterest, DEPT Vet Affairs, U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. No matter the social media, you can always find us with that blue check mark. And as always, I'm reminded by people smarter than me to remind you that the Department of Veterans Affairs does not endorse or officially sanction any entities that we've discussed in this podcast nor any media products or services they may provide. I say that because the song you're hearing now is called Machine Gunner, which is courtesy of the nonprofit Operation Song and was written by Marine veteran Mark Milkilhenny, Nashville songwriter Jason Seaver, and Michael Duncan. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you right here next week. Take care. We gotta get them one way or the other. Machine gunner. Firefight bullets fly day and night rain. Simplify till we're down another campaign. My desk is a rock where the drug lords cut up millions. My pen is a 7.62 round that'll cut them down in an instant. Point, click, pull the trigger to the tune of falling brass. And a purple heart And a Russian-made bullet in my back Raining down lead Punching that clock Get them, boys, I'm laying down Cover machine gunner bullets fly Day and night rain Simplify, do or die Another campaign Here we go, lock and load 0331, lug a thousand rounds And I ain't bringing back one